own your individuality, own who you are and don't be ashamed of it. And to, to know that you don't have a damn thing to prove to anybody but yourself. You're listening to the building men podcast with Dennis and Anthony Miralda brothers on a mission to help you become the strongest version of yourself mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Building Men Podcast. My name is Dennis Meralda, the host and creator of the Building Men Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my younger brother, co-host Anthony. What's up? What's up, brother? There it is. <laughs> Again. <laughs> What's up? Good I'm to so see you. good. Yeah, you are. Can you do this from now on? Can I, you the... If you want me to reach across your crotch, I could do it. I don't mind. It's not going to be the first time that that's happened. I know. My friend. I know. But yeah, you almost... I thought I was looking at you. I was like, like he's going to do it. He's, he's going to do time. it. I, I can't keep doing it for you. <laughs> you will never learn. I will. I'll get it. I know you will. I um, believe in you. You're good at other stuff. <laughs> There's a couple things I'm good at. I'm going to start with... I had a long drive back from... I was up in Rhode Island last week wednesday thursday friday Mm -hmm. and i was doing i was working with a school district teaching the (laughs) teachers about trauma social emotional learning how to talk to kids just the importance of like the accountability piece with kids so anyway i I use it as a segue i was up in rhode island for a couple days and the training ended at two and i'm like i'm gonna get in my car in rhode island from here i think it's 240 miles from rhode island i'm like all right it's gonna be about five-hour drive right. give or take and i love to drive i was like i'll listen to podcasts couple audiobooks i'll throw on some music or whatever and i get in the car and i like put in a gps it was saying it was gonna be like seven and a half hours oh boy, it was like it's more than five oh, yeah. it's seven and a half is more than five yeah and that's what you're good at is Not that a quick guy. right quick quick math yeah on the show you're really good at that that's right and so and especially when you're looking at, it, at the map on the car on the gps and you could see the red oh that's the worst and so what i decided to do i went off the book a little bit i took side routes mm. so i would get off of 95 and i even if i was driving for a longer period of time just to not be stuck in traffic it's i can't it just standing and sitting in traffic the whole time in a parking lot yep. and just not moving and is. it it was so frustrating as i'm driving like not being in control of the next thing yeah. and i was like i love to drive but i, I can't do this you need anymore. to learn i was to like i need go. to t- I, I do need to learn to let go so anyway i'm listening to this um this audio book on the drive home and it was about the like the power of persuasion it was so fascinating to me the way that people get influenced in different things in society and different like marketing things and advertising things. And so one stuck out to me and I wanted to just bring it up before we bring our guests on today. Um, I like to do these little, you know, thought provoking things at yeah. the beginning. So they did this study, right? And, and so there's a line of people waiting to get to go to a copy machine. <laughs> You're right. You want me to? <laughs> Fucking almonds. <clears throat> I'm fine. I'm fine. You sure? Uh, yeah, Keep this going. is this is one of our smoothest openings to the in the history of the Building I, Men my podcast. My eyes are right tearing because I'm trying are, to hold back from, uh, yep. from coughing. Okay, keep so keep the the setup is there's a <laughs> there's a, a line at the copy machine, right? Yeah. And so there was like the 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 person who was doing the study. What they wanted to do was get in front of people in the line. Mm-hmm. Like they had to give a story to get in front of people in the line. They would go up and they would say to the people in front of them, "Can I get in front of you to make a copy?" And it was 60% of the time they were, the person said, sure, you can go in front of me. Can I, can I go in front of you to make a copy? Then they did it again. And all they did was they added the word because, and then any other statement after that, 
the results went from 60% of the people to almost 95% of the people. It went from, can I get in front of you to make a copy, to, can I get in front of you to make a copy because, and it didn't matter what they said, it was almost 100% of the time. It was 90-something percent of the time. Even if they said, can I get in front of you to make a copy because I want to get in front of you to make a copy? Sure. Go right ahead. Because I'm coughing up almonds right now. Um, unbelievable. And I, like, I'll bring it up in other future episodes, but just the power of, one, the confidence to be able to you know, state a reason why. But it's like a persuasive thing. Once someone had a reason why they were doing what they were doing, yeah. it it opened up this door for them. And almost 100% of the time, they should, sure, go in front of me to or make a copy. Or look at how easily people are, are persuaded, persuaded, right? And they don't even listen to what you actually want. They just say, oh, they got a reason, and it's probably better than it. mine. Automatically, your needs are better than mine because I'm going to be a nice yep. person and let you in front of me. <laughs> Can I get in front of you to make a copy because it's such a beautiful day outside today? No. Sure, fuck go, you. Right, exactly. Go home. <laughs> so that was just a quick aside. Yeah. I read that. I was listening I like to that. the audio book. I um, think that's a fun fact. So we'll use that into. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to bring it into. I was into, curious how you're going to circle. Well, this, you know what I'll do is the, circle the back power around. of confidence of kind of trying to like be steadfast in what you want to do in your life, and I'll I'll we'll wrap it All back right. in some ways. You know okay. what I always do. So I am going to introduce our guest yeah. to you today, coming to you all the way from Medicine Lodge, Kansas. We have Pake McNally. Pake, welcome to the Building Men Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. First of all, we we connected on Instagram a while back, and yeah, yeah. I, I told my brother that we're going to have Pake McNally on the show, and he's like, "What?" Like with all due respect, that na- I've never heard of the name Pake before. Yeah, ever. but you yeah. sound like a name that I would have made up to be like a superhero. Like <laughs> if I'm if I'm going to be like if I'm playing like or you Peaky know, Blinders, you're like. Uh... Somebody in there. I feel like that's yeah. like a Peaky Blinders name. Is that like a family name? Tell us a little bit about your name. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, the country singer Reba McIntyre, um, she has a brother named Pake. And he was a musician back in like the 80s or 80s into the early 90s, like did a lot of regional stuff. And my dad heard the name and he really liked it. My dad was a, was a, a cowboy. And I think he thought it sounded like a cowboy name. And uh, so my first name is Christopher. My middle name is Pake, but my father was just like, but we're going to call him Pake. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a pain in the ass, but it's a blessing because people hear it and they remember it. And then when you're running your own business, you need to be remembered. You oh, know? Absolutely. So uh, here we are. That's, uh, that's what it is. And, and I rode horses yesterday, so I'm still kind of a cowboy, I guess. There we go. You're, you're living it. Yeah, you're living it too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it, like, that's one of those names, like you mentioned. It, it will stand out, especially if you're doing – you're in this in the space of, of helping people, and we'll get into what you're doing now. But when you have sure. one of those names, that, that stands out. Um, yep. And then, you know – Can you call re- me Pake from now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to – we're definitely – I'll come up with a name for you, another yeah. name for you before we get um, – The Thrasher. To the, the – the thresher. <laughs> um, we'll work on it. Well, yeah, we're, we'll we'll get it back on, on track for you, Pake. So growing up in – you grew up in this area. You, you grew up where you yeah. are right now. You grew yeah, up in Yeah, I, I in moved Kansas. back home. Yeah. Um, so during your time growing up, I mean, was it just to st- just uh, beat the – you know, mention horses, beat yep. the name, beat it, beat it, you know, the, the dead horse, you know, beat it, <laughs> yeah. kick a dead horse. Yeah. So we uh, – growing up like what was that like in school you know when you when you hear kids that have you know something that stands out was it just like you were just pake you're picking now yeah you know like it was like 
I don't know. I, I was pretty self-conscious about it there for there for a while, like in my teenage years when I was a, like a young idiot, you know. Um, and then at one point, I just like decided to own it. And uh, like I actually want, like, man, I haven't told this story to anybody in forever. But like we moved and we moved like 30 miles. My, my, my folks split up and we moved 30 miles. And I live in a really <laughs> rural area. So I was just like, well, new school, new start. I was a freshman, and I was, and I was just like, I, fuck, introducing myself as Peg. Like, I don't want to go through that in a new school where where I thought nobody would know me. And uh, you know, this is like almost pre-internet too. So I, anyway, I didn't think that many people knew me. So I, I was just like, I'm going to go by Christopher, and that lasted for about three days, and then I got tired of that shit, and uh, went back to Peg, and I'm glad I did. Um, but yeah, I was just really self-conscious about it. And then like, there were three other Christopher's in my class of 55 people. And that was a pain in the ass too, that I had thought about. So yeah, I just owned it, man. Yeah. But your parents split up when you were from going from middle school to high school. Is that what you said to your parents? Yeah. 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 They, uh, yeah. Right, right in there. Yep. So, what was that like growing up in that situation? Where I, again, I, like if you listen to the podcast, you know that within the last year I've gone through a divorce, and it's one of those things that you think about with your kids. How yep. how is it impacting them? And even the work that I do with school, I, like one of the things that that they say is that it can be a traumatic experience for kids, but it's also the way that the parents package it. It could be like, oh, it's this horrible thing. Or, listen, sometimes it doesn't work out. Mom and dad are, you know, we're going our separate ways, and they can yeah. see you being stronger. So how was that like for you as a kid going through your parents separating? You know, like, they got along. They were always, like, they got along really well and still continued to do stuff together. And uh, my dad, uh, he drank too damn much, like, the, you know, he was he was an alcoholic for sure airing out the family laundry but that's all right there's lessons to be learned from this um and uh so that that was a big part of it that and money um was a big part of it uh and my folks didn't talk like my dad actually passed away like when i was 18 so like um the fall after i graduated high school um and uh that that wrecked me. Uh, but my parents were like, I mean, they still loved each other and they were working on themselves. Like my dad was working on himself and my mom was like working on herself. And like, I truly, I tell myself that they would have gotten together, um, gotten back together if, if he wouldn't have passed away. Uh, but you know, we'll never know. And now like, I've thought about this a lot. My mom married like an amazing man. Um, eight years ago, okay. something like that. And, uh, he reminds me a lot of my dad. And like, if my dad was still alive, like, I don't know if it would necessarily be better, but it, it'd be different. You know, it'd be, be a different kind of good than it is now. Like, like life goes on, you know? Um, but going back to just their initial divorce, like it, it messed with me. Like I was kind of a shithead anyway, uh, growing up, um, you know, drinking too much, partying too much. I had a car that was way too fast and I was chasing girls and trying to get away with shit. And, uh, <laughs> it just caused me to be more of, more of an idiot, I guess, but live and learn. So we just had a guest on and talked about 
what's worse, like doing something and having the regret of the experience or inaction and having the regret of not doing something that you wish you did? You know, it's such an interesting thing. So I I wonder, too, when you when you mentioned you did some stupid shit, as we all did. When you look back at your experience growing up and, um, you know, lessons that you learned from your father, maybe things that you wanted to do to emulate him as a man, like lessons Mm -hmm. you learned about masculinity. What's one or two things that you thought, wow, like he has it together here. And what's, you know, something that you you thought, you know what, I'm a dad. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. So my dad, like, loved to read. And uh, he instilled that in both me and my sister. My mom loved to read too, but like seeing my dad read books and like he never touched a computer in his life. Like, like he just didn't. And you know, this is he passed away in 2004, so they were kind of starting to come around. But like he he loved to read and um, and uh, hated his cell phone, hated all that stuff. But um, he taught me the love of reading. And actually, so my business motto is. Uh, so it's become stronger in- industries, and I got that from a uh, from a book um, by Lou- Louis Lamore, Louis Lamore. I don't know if you guys have ever read any of his books. He wrote a bunch of westerns, like two hundred novels, uh, back in from like the fifties through the nineties. And uh, my dad basically told me to like read these books, and they'll teach you how to become a man. Because he knew I wouldn't listen. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like. But he, he kind of, he, I would read the books and we'd kind of talk about it. And we'd talk about the places that like these men had been, these fictional characters, they always went to real places that like I had read about in other books, like actual history books and whatnot. And, uh, and we'd talk about it and uh, yeah, just really like, it was an awesome way in a roundabout way to like show me how to be a man's man how to be like because all the characters in the books they're very strong and they're either there's no real gray areas they're either bad or they're good you know um so it's not like real life but it's 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 a good thing for a a young a young kid like on the verge of manhood uh to read and um yeah and then a bad thing you know like him and my mom didn't talk um, and they, they just didn't communicate worth a damn. And, uh, my mom like admitted, like it's her fault too. And it just is what it is, but it taught me, like I got, I got married, um, six years ago and, uh, like me and my wife talk about everything, like everything, especially when it comes to finances, like we are like money's still tight, but damn it, like we're talking about yeah. it. And we're yeah. we're always like if something's bothering me about like life in general, like I'll talk to her and, and vice versa, you know. So, yeah, it's just we have a very open relationship with that. And I wouldn't trade that for the world. Like, well, I believe we'll stay married because of that, you know. That's such an important part, especially when we talk about masculinity and, you know, the importance yeah. in relationships. But real quick, I don't want to let the, the opportunity pass. In the books that you read, do you remember any of the the main characters, uh, you know, either the antagonist or the protagonist? Does anyone stick out to you? Yeah, there's like a family of like, they're called the Sacketts. And they're like, there's a bunch of brothers. Their last name was Sackett. There's a bunch of brothers. Like, like if you messed with one of them, you got them all. Um, and uh, so, 
the the names that are that are coming to mind right now there's like barnabas and tyrell and Oren and just a bunch of like awesome names that like i wanted to name like all my sons um we ended up going another way with with my boy's name but that's all right uh but just strong men you know um yeah like i still read the books once in a while and like and and my son will read them and uh and it's just it's just a good good way to grow up i love I that i love that tradition that you kind of have there and it's such a yeah. such a different way of kind of teaching your son masculinity in a sense like yeah. something that you don't usually hear from people you know and everyone has their own way of doing it and you know there's not one way to skin a cat and i love how he he told you to read the books because it was probably maybe it was hard for him to kind of express and communicate in that way like you talked about yeah. so he did it through books and then still allowed you to discuss it in a way which made yeah. it personal in that sense and i think that yeah. that's such a cool way of going about it yeah i would never think of and the yeah. the coolest thing for me is that anthony's been working on a character his name is buck leather chaps yes and uh that's, that's and my so, halloween costume yeah so do you have a, do you, have, you want to talk to to pake i'm not doing I'm buck, not le- doing <laughs> buck leather chaps right t- <laughs> no. he's a he's a gri- grizzled old uh cowboy from uh from austin texas that's me getting you back for the beginning of the episode I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm t- all right as you i was like i just need to come up with a good buck name leather buck chaps. leather chaps is a really that's a strong name yeah. i would think he's the antagonist right he's yeah. not that's right. He's, he's a bad. Sure. He's a, he's a bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's just a matter of time. He's gonna he's gonna think about it right now. I'll do so. I, Buck yeah. will come out before the end of the episode. There we go. I like it. <laughs> Buck. Buck leather chaps, and he might come out of the closet too. Maybe it's a gay cowboy oh, that you're geez. gonna do here We're too. Doing you everything. never know. Yeah. Who knows? We Best can. part of the podcast right there. So we <laughs> it puts can. the lotion <laughs> on the skin. <laughs> it does it when it's told. Um, oh, that's so funny. So that I would agree with Anthony's sentiment about using that characterization so like let's talk read something together talk about it and it what an what a cool bonding experience for you and your father to have now that yeah. is that going to be something like now moving forward with your own son will you continue that tradition or will you adjust it in a little bit of a way maybe there's there's a video you watch together you watch a movie together will you take that in your own um way that you'll be a, a father to your son and and, and kind of emulate that same tradition you know, like right now, the plan is like to get off my phone and like read to him more. You know, and I try to. I, I'm good about it, but I, but I, I. So the short answer, no. But I'm gonna talk to him more about it and go a little more in depth, um, in depth with it. Like, like me and my dad talked, but like, you know, like, and I'm sure my son Jasper will be the same way. When I got to be like 13 to to 16 16 17 like i wouldn't listen to a damn thing so he tried to like my dad had some really good friends that were that are like my uncles you know so like he knew i would kind of listen to them so he would like kind of set up opportunities for me to talk to them you know about life in general and girls and whatever the hell and uh and I'll probably kind of do the same thing because, like, if my boy's anything like myself, he's not going to listen to me. But I'll talk more. I'll 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 I'll, I'll, I'll pursue it more, and I'm still like going to surround him with a strong group of like men my age, you know, my peers, 
for him to like put his trust in and um and, and go from there you know um it's a lot of people we're missing right now in in society and as we're raising young men is them having an opportunity to see other men congregate communicate yep. do manly type things together yeah. Um, because you know you could you could learn a little bit by hearing someone say something to you by talking but by observing the way that men act um, in that community aspect I think that's really missing and I think that that's your father was onto something that was definitely um, he might not have recognized he was doing it for that specific reason but it definitely uh, you could definitely tell it it hit home with you yeah 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 it's something I didn't really realize until like I was a dad you know like just never really thought about and then you go back and you start to think about what you went through as you're as you're growing up and like oh well it all it all kind of comes together and makes sense and i'm definitely more at peace with it now with the whole situation you know like it doesn't still sucks but it doesn't tear me up like it like it used to you know so so jasper jasper comes to you in 10 years and he's like dad what does it mean to be a man to you how would you answer that oh man Hit me with the hard ones. Uh, <laughs> Listen, right you, off, you're listening yeah. to the show. You know they're coming. Yeah, I know. I know. I just, yeah. Um, I'd say like to be to be strong and competent in like all aspects of life, like physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, like and to and to own your individuality, own who you are, and don't be ashamed of it, and to to know that you don't have a damn thing to prove to anybody but yourself. That's a big one. And I still struggle with that, you know, like still trying to make my dad proud. <laughs> so, and, and, and it's exhausting, frankly, you know, and uh, I don't want him to have to, I want him to look at my life and be like, Oh man, I can go out and do some really cool stuff in a different way than he did. Yeah. That's what I want. My boy. Knowing that you, you were in the you know the service you you know you got yep. into the service and it wasn't the typical way it wasn't like you were 18 years old and you went to a recruiter yeah. what happened with you is it came later on in life so talk to us a little bit about that journey that you went through um as you enlisted when you were in you know already into your adult years mm-hmm. uh so growing like right after high school to backtrack just a little bit i was a wildland firefighter uh for the forest service so like it kind of, at the time it kind of scratched that itch as far as service and like a really cool job is concerned. I got to travel all over. I got to do some really cool stuff. I got to wear a neat uniform and like fight huge fires. Like it's pretty awesome. Uh, and then I, I moved home to, uh, got married and I was running my own metalworking business, like blacksmith shop, uh, traditional, traditional blacksmithing and got married and, I hadn't really thought about health insurance at all, like until I got married, like I just kind of just was winging it, you know, and I'd always wanted to join the military anyway. Like that was uh, like, I'd always wanted to do it. But after my dad died, I was hesitant. And, uh, cause I wanted to, I wanted to go off and do my own thing, but I still wanted to be like a phone call away and I could go help my family at the drop of a hat. You know, I wouldn't have to jump through any hoops. But anyway, got married. My wife let me, we were talking and I decided to enlist as a uh, private first class at 29 years old. 
as a combat engineer. So I went out to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, and um, yeah, just loved life for 14 weeks out there. <laughs> and uh, and uh, turned 30 while I was in basic. You know, I was the old man uh, putting up with 17 year old kids, and uh, it was it was quite the experience. It was it was a good time. I'm glad I, I'm still in. Um, I won't, and, you know, and that's how I keep my family covered with health insurance. The fortunate thing is, like, I'm in a really good unit, and I will, like, love my job in the Army. Um, the best old man joke you heard. I mean, you must have, you oh, must have heard some, like, some there, good there ones. There weren't really any old man jokes, but, like, my first day there, like, where the basic training actually starts. So you're stuck in, like, it's called perception. We were there for, like, two weeks where you just, life just sucks. You're getting all your inoculations you're doing all your paperwork you know you're getting yelled at by drill sergeants but they can't really do anything to you and then when basic training actually starts they're doing the shark attack and all that and like i have a little drill sergeant and i'm not a big man but you know i'm 510 but a a little drill sergeant like you know five eight come up to me and i'm standing in line and just the pure look of hatred and disgust like that he gave to me is just like how old are you mcnally son of a bitch like this is like i'm already singled out you know like i thought i was gonna blend in and just coast through and uh no that wasn't the case (laughs) and then i ended up getting like high pt scores out of everyone and like really brought myself like attention whether i wanted it or not but it is what it is so but yeah yeah it was it was an interesting experience. Oh, I'm sure. What's what's a lesson that you learned during that time that you're like, you know what? I didn't know this about myself, but after going through this experience, both physically, emotionally, mentally, everything, like, what's some something you're like, wow, I am capable of of this now? You know, like physically, like everything I'd done as a wildland firefighter was harder. Like, so physically, I was I was good. Um, trying to think, like. I'm not going to say I coasted through because I didn't, but I didn't have a hard time of it. Like I missed my wife terribly, you know, like I was married for six months before, (laughs) before I left. Um, so newlywed and taken off. Um, I'd say patience probably. I'm a little more patient, like just dealing with bullshit, quite frankly, like, all right, you know, I got to play this game now. Let's just deal with it, get it done. And then we can go on and do, what we actually need to do that, you know, we can continue the mission after we do this stupid little, whatever it might be, you know, paperwork, whatever. So, yeah. So patience to circle back to, uh, so that line from Louis Lamore book always stuck in my head. Um, I was, uh, let's see, I was, this would have been like six or seven years ago. Um, a friend of mine started working out with cast iron, iron maces. And, uh, he wanted me to build them, uh, build them one. And that always like stuck in my head. Cause I knew like, I've been working out with kettlebells since like 2007. So I got on them relatively early and like, now you can buy them in Walmart, you know, like they're, they're readily available. And, uh, and I, and maces are going to be the same way. Um, but anyway, I got I the blacksmith shop that I was working in. Uh, 
I, while I was in basic training, some like some shit happened and I got kicked out of the blacksmith shop while I was gone. And, uh, so essentially I lost all my tool. Well, I lost all, all my mentors tools and like the, the ability to use them. And, uh, I had to think of something to support my family. So I was like, I'm going to start building maces. And I had no idea how I was going to do it. And then like, I just went out to my, the old round top barn out on my wife's family's farm and started welding, started like tinkering around with it. And then like I built one, sent it to my friend. He used it, built a couple more to give to like some, some, uh, some of my friends that are MMA fighters and, trainers and all that stuff and uh like a week later like i built my instagram page and just went for it because i needed money coming in you know so like i just i just started getting after it and we're slowly growing now but yeah so yep. walk us through that process now i, I I'm, I'm fascinated with it i'm thinking about like game of thrones I'm thinking yeah. of, it gendry 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 he was the guy who was uh the baratheon line he was from the baratheon line who uh, he was the, the he was the one who made the the swords. He made all the the shit for I that. I didn't guy. watch Game of Thrones. So. You never watched Game of no. Thrones. How do I not know that about you? I, I don't know. Wow, sorry. <laughs> um, Did Buck Leatherchaps ever watch Game of Thrones? Can I talk to him, please? You're goddamn you right. You're goddamn right. I watched it. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's like? So, what are some of the? Because I never really got in. I always wanted to get into the mason like workouts and what like mm-hmm. what's some of the benefits that you find with that versus like a kettlebell or traditional dumbbells and things like that so like i still swing a kettlebell about every day um but as far as as far as working out with the mace and for, for me like my i've done jujitsu uh since pretty like really regularly since 2006 so i like i've led, led a pretty high impact life and uh this is like swinging a mace is like rehabbed my shoulders like almost completely because they get wrenched on all the time. You know, like I've got a white belt that I'm teaching him move to and like he goes a little hard like on a on an arm lock and, uh, and just starts tearing them up. And if you a lot of jujitsu guys, we have our, our shoulders roll forward, you know, because you're, you're being put on a lot. And, and you're in tight and uh, as far as your posture is concerned. And so a lot of us were kind of pulled, our shoulders are pulled forward. And this helps correct that. It'll bring your shoulders back. So it'll help correct your, like, get your posture where it needs to be. Yeah. So now, like, if I swing a mace four or five times a week, you know, like I use them as my warm up. Uh, I've just noticed a huge difference. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like the end all be all. It's just a tool. But man, does it help? Um, it helps a lot. And uh, yeah, I just my shoulders don't hurt anymore. Um, now, part of that might be, be I'm I'm not as stupid as I used to be, and I don't go as hard. You know, like I'm not training injured. I'm not not doing all that stuff. But the mace has definitely helped too. So. Yeah, it, it's and it's just couple moves that you need to do. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. that. It's it's interesting. It 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 um it has like a I don't know like a poetic. There's thing. like, like a there's, dance to yeah, it. You like, know, it's, it's kind of like you have to flow with yeah. the movement of the mace. 
so yeah you really do like if if you don't like it can bite you you know like um and then there's a couple of different so there's like the traditional mace movements like the 10 and 2 the 360 i don't have the room where i would show you guys um the 360 and a couple others that are more traditional and then you have like it's called mace flow and it's basically like dancing with the mace and i'm not into that i've got some friends that are um, I'm into more of just the traditional. I want to use the tool for the benefit, like these benefits. And like, if I want to go dancing, like I'll go get drunk with my wife and we'll go dancing. <laughs> no offense to anybody that does the mace flow. It's just not for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's just a tool. It's a really good tool. Like yeah. I, I believe anybody that does like anything that impacts your body uh, at all, combat sports, like, if you're lifting like regular like barbells and dumbbells, you need to do this just to open your chest back up, open your shoulders back up. Unless you're doing yoga a few times a week, then you're probably good. But I'm not doing that. So, if you ever pick it up and pretend you're swinging it at Darth Vader or a bad guy, you know, I, I beat the shit out of a tractor tire that I have in my gym. That's about that's about it. Uh, yeah. Oh, I would I would totally get into the whole thing. I would be like, I'm gonna. Yeah. Like, be yeah. a, would you be a flow guy? Yeah. I, I, no, I I feel like I would be a flow you guy. Would, you'd you'd be like, I would probably do a little bit of both. I would yeah. do because I don't feel like I'm like I have enough rhythm to do it. I feel like I would start and I would hit myself in the shin mm-hmm. with it and break my leg as I'm trying to flow through it. I don't know. What are the weights that they come in, and is it like the more benefit you get with like a heavier ones, you can get deeper in a stretch, or like how does that? That's uh, a good question. So like I. My for mine, um, it starts at ten pounds and then it goes up in five pound in- increments from there. My uh, my favorite mace is my fifteen pound loadable, so I've got it. I didn't even bring one. Like that's how prepared <laughs> I was today. It's a uh, it's loadable up to like thirty pounds using steel shot, and uh, I put like five pounds of steel shot in there, so I get it. 20 pounds and the shot has enough room to move around so as you're swinging it you get a little more pull you know it's a little more dynamic as it's going behind uh, behind your your head and uh, that really helps with that stretch so yeah like the, if you have a little more weight it definitely it it'll definitely help like i've got friends customer and customers that have like they, like I, I build them 60 pound maces and they swing it like it's nothing Jeez. and it's insane and it's not me like i yeah I, I do like a max weight i'll go up to is like a 30 30 to 35 and i'm playing around moving the weight up but yeah i just take it slow you know um, i'm really comfortable with like a 20 to 30 pound mace but so what are the next steps then for you for become stronger? Like from this point now that you kind of have it down pat, like what what your business looks like, how you're going to go about it. What are the what's the next steps? Where do you see it going in the future? So right now, like I'm at the I'm at the point where like it either needs to get bigger, um, where business I need to get more customers and more. I'm developing some products right now um, when I when I have time, but I need to get bigger more money coming in, more customers um, to like live, you know, to pay the bills. And like, cause I do a bunch of other stuff on the side to bring money in. And, uh, and it's at the, I either need to 
make it big to where it's self-sustaining completely or I need to be happy with it just being kind of like a great big side hustle. You know what I mean? Like I'm at that point right now. And uh, so I want it to get bigger. Like I want to employ some people, um, at least one or two people in my shop. I've got a great big shop and it's just me working in there. Um, employ some people and just start sending maces. I'm already sending them all over the world. Now I just got to bump those numbers up, you know? Um, but yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. It's uh, the joys of entrepreneurship, yeah. man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's something. And it, it, so. We're kind of in that same spot as you're yeah. kind of waiting for something to hit. You just don't see it yet. I mean, I would yeah. I would be as you know so bold as to say that you know become stronger and pick McDowell, the official um, mace company of building men podcast. I would go. say without I a mean, doubt. I, I was going to say you'll be getting uh, some shipments out to Jersey. Yeah, I'm playing. Well, I'm, I'm wanting to send you boys some anyway. So yeah, let's do it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, uh, we'd be honored, and not only that, we'll keep one in the studio here. Keep one you in know, the studio, and that'll be and, fucking and, my videos of just using your, and I can just tag you and uh, yeah, using your stuff. I just got to figure out how the hell to use it. So maybe you, yeah, uh, I'll point you in the right direction. Yeah. Some, like I'm not a trainer with it, and I don't claim to be because I know there's a lot, a lot of men that are and women that are a lot better than me. But I'll, I'll point you in the right direction, and they all use my stuff too. Jocko Willink uses my mace. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's bad. Yeah, it's yeah. just the cool thing about metalwork is like, you know, I was a blacksmith before this. Like, you can you can make anything out of metal. Like, if it, it becomes stronger, industries won't fail. But I might have to transition to something else. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's honestly, as long as I'm working for myself most of the time, like, I'll be okay. <laughs> like, yeah, it just is what it is. It just might look different you know than than what it is right now but i just have to pivot yeah at some point but you have that ability and flexibility because you have a talent that you know a lot of people don't have they're not willing to put in the work to learn it you know so that's what's cool about it yep for sure for sure so yeah man it's just i've got a buddy of mine he like he he started his own him and a friend they, they drill water wells for a living and every time i see him and like i've known him forever but uh we both like we're building our businesses together and like right like right now we're in the middle of our montage you know like we're just working our asses off and like what lasts for three minutes in the movie that's like 15 years or whatever like we're in the middle of that you know 10 year overnight success story so it's awesome. <laughs> listen that hits home with us as well without a yeah. doubt yeah. we're we're we're, we're going figured. through the same the same journey at the same time yep. so yep. with me i i want to make sure that the audience truly understands so like what would be you know as far as the price point goes uh you know for for one of your maces yeah so right now um i had to i just this morning had to raise all my prices because material is going like everything is going up right. so the raw material to build them um Right now, the average price is right around $100 um, for a mace. Um, and I build hammers, too. I build a bunch of custom ones, like Spartan-themed. Like, I've made so many Mjolnirs, like, I can't even, you know, Thor's hammers. Uh, yeah. There, I've got them all over the place. Uh, so, but starting cost is right around 100 And then you've got shipping, and that's all, like that's not getting any cheaper so it's not cheap but it's like it's like a kettlebell you know like they're not gonna break like the good thing about my maces is like 
a kettlebell could actually break. You could drop it off and it's cast iron. So like a, a you might just end up breaking the handle off and having a damp cannonball and you know, instead of a kettlebell. But my maces are all made out of like uh, mild steel. So they're they won't crack, you know. Like I've never had one bend or break or anything like that. So it's a lifetime investment. And then I work like you can customize them however you want to. Like I started a deal like I don't know how I thought of it, but like you can get custom. Uh, if you've got a favorite quote, you know, you can get that stamped in the iron. Uh, I'll stamp it in there for you and make it oh, look awesome. really badass. Oh, and then that is, so that's yours, you know. Um, and I really, I don't know. I really like that. You know, words are really powerful. So, yeah. Oh, it's tremendous. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll do anything that we can to support you on your journey. Yeah. I think that's tremendous. I appreciate it. Yeah. So if, love- if, it's funny. I, for Father's Day, I got Thor's hammer. Um, it's yeah. Fifty-five pounds. Yes. Uh, it's it is great like i was thinking you know i could i could lift a 55 pound dumbbell up over my head like yep. i could pick it up like thor would but with the handle and all the weight at the bottom oh my god dude i'm like it is yeah, i'm gonna I'm, i thought i was gonna tear my shoulder off when i tried to do it yep. it is no joke yeah it's a completely different thing yeah like yeah no but that's the, legit that's cool the durability of some of these products and again you get for you know what you pay for so you pay that price and you're gonna have a you're going to have this for life and you're going to have something that you could use everywhere, right? That's why I love about kettlebells. That's why mazes are great. Yep. You can literally use them in your backyard, bring them with you, rehab, do them as a workout or do them as yep. a mobility thing. Like it's just so versatile with what you're getting. And I think that's the benefit of using these products out of anything else. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, they've, they've definitely changed my, my life for the better, improved my physical, like, well-being like i'm just not in pain like right. other things hurt now but not my shoulders you know it's more, so, your, it's more your feelings yeah yeah <laughs> for sure uh, so so pig yeah. tell tell the building man audience where they can find you how they can get your products yeah so you can find me um at become-stronger.com um that's like my Shopify website. You can find me on Facebook at become stronger industries and then uh, most of my uh most of my business and communication with people comes through Instagram, like how we got hooked up. Yep. And that's at become underscore stronger underscore. So a little late to the game there, huh? That's- yeah, I was. I'm still not happy about it. Someday I'll be able to buy it. Yep. And that, that fella that I don't even think they're using it. But yeah, yeah. So that's, it is what it is. Yep. It's fine. We, yeah. we got a dot in the middle of ours. So we're, yeah, we, yeah, we needed that dot in the middle of the building men one right. as well. It's a special. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it definitely absolutely. resonates with us. So what we'll do too is, as um, you know, we, we'd be happy to pr- promote you in any way we can. Cool. Um, yeah. You know, and we'll, we'll put that out there to the audience to, to go and take a look at what you're doing. We would be honored to have uh, become stronger Mace in our studio. I think that'd be badass. Yeah. That would just be part of part of our our yeah, share here, we without need a more, doubt. Uh, things to be part in the studio. So that's uh, I love that. Well, you guys got a bare wall, like white wall behind you. Like, I think y'all need like a custom building men's sign. So I'll, uh, I'm going to, I'll get on that. Oh, dude. Yeah. That would be freaking Uh, tremendous. Yeah. So. Absolutely. That's tremendous. Yeah. Not a problem. I, uh, I, I, I love building maces, but I like making like metal artwork. Like that's what, and like, so we'll get creative with it. I'll talk to you guys that like offline and, 
and we'll come up with the design, all three of us, and I'll make something badass for you. The, and, uh, you just yeah. did something with like a skeleton. It was like a tribal skeleton thing. Yeah, yeah, Dude, that was a, amazing. A, like a Native American skull um, with a with a headdress that I, that I cut out, and uh, and I've got. I don't know if you can see it, but like that's the that's gym awesome, that I man. came up in, uh, like jujitsu or die is our motto. So like, I just made the, like cut out the sign and, and uh, or cut out the letters. Then I forged the skull. I cut it out and then threw it in the forge and forged it to shape. And uh, yeah, like this piece, of, these pieces of metal are off of a Jack Daniel's whiskey barrel that I acquired somewhere. <laughs> like I like reusing stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. So you're like yeah. zombie apocalypse, you want to be with this dude. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'm like, that yeah. shit is like we're hitting you up when shit hits the fan. Yeah. We're gonna yeah. be like, all right, dude. Like, we'll be in Medicine Lodge, Kansas. Yeah, that's the, right. Real quick. So. I live. I live on a dead end dirt road, man. Like nobody's getting to me. Like, come on out. Yeah. Fucking beat their asses with maces. And I can actually yeah, see you sure. wearing a shirt that looks something like that too. Yeah. With yeah. some. Yeah. yeah, like a logo like that is sick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, any any final words, Pick? I, I we appreciate you being here, my man. This is tremendous. Yeah, thank you, brother. You know, like I just really like what you guys are doing. I I just listened, and I want to get his name right because he would like his podcast with you guys. Your interview like was awesome, and it just hold on one second. Al, Alex Bales. Alex Bales, yeah, Alex. Yeah, is, uh, he's an Ohio guy. He suffered through addiction, and yeah, yeah. good dude. Yep. I listened to that and like I was I always listen to podcasts when I'm in my shop but like your guys's chat with him was just awesome like I, I can't explain it anything other than like the, it was just it, it hit me in a way that like I just need to listen to it again and get more out of it but it's legit so what you what you men are doing is just badass like I love it continue to do it you know like we need as Americans we like we think we're all badass but like 42 percent of us is like morbidly obese you know like yeah. and like everybody's dying of heart disease and other bullshit like right we're not as badass as we think we are you know and, and it takes guys like you and like i'm doing my part trying to to like try to change that you know so yeah no we yeah. definitely appreciate that man truly do and appreciate you following along with us and you know how, you know jumping on with us for a couple minutes if you're yeah, listening yeah this is fun yeah so if you listen to the podcast a couple things one um support pake mcnally and what he's doing become stronger so go check out his website his instagram we'll put everything into the show notes we'll we'll promote this on instagram to make sure that you you see everything that pake is doing and what you can do to support make sure if you if you are listening to the podcast if, if there's anyone out there that you feel would benefit from this message um a lot of what we do we don't do a whole lot of promotion it's it's kind of grassroots it's people saying hey listen these guys are onto something check it out share it with someone that you know rate and review that's another big thing if people that write reviews for the podcast it helps get the message out as well um buck leather chaps any any final words i'm just happy to be here <laughs> god damn tootin you are so uh pig mcdally thanks so much my friend go a step further than you thought you could go we'll see you next time on building men